Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. A ruby amongst diamonds, written by Alt Cipher. December 1st, 2035. Mom, where are my new jeans? Ruby called down the stairs. She waited for a reply and heard nothing. She kept researching but could not find what she was looking for. Then she realized how long it had been without a response. She stood up and walked downstairs. Ruby's mom was staring at the screen in the kitchen. Mom, Ruby said, do you know where my new jeans are? Ruby's mom was startled by her daughter's voice, as though she had never quite heard such a thing before. I... what? Honey, sit down, her mom said. She turned her attention back to the screen. Ruby sat and looked at the screen. Scrolling across the bottom of the screen was the words, Alien Intelligence Discovered. On the screen was a man standing behind a podium with NASA logo over it. There were diagrams on the screens behind the man and a map of the solar system with a highlighted area in the Oort cloud. Ruby recognized it from school last year. Ruby called the man's speech mid-sentence. An extrasolar origin. I want to be clear here. We know nothing about the ship other than it's clearly artificial and it is maneuvered into a long-term orbit of our sun. Our best guess as the ship passing within a few million kilometers of Earth sometime within the next 20 to 50 years. That's assuming that it makes no further course corrections. Questions? A reporter raised a hand and said, Have we tried communicating with it? The man at the podium said, We have tried signaling it, but the radio wave will take nearly two weeks to reach it. Then they will have to decide to respond or not. And it's another two weeks back, so it's a minimum of a month to hear anything, plus however much time it takes for the ship to react. He pointed to another reporter. Are we in any danger? The reporter asked. It is impossible to say, but we think that it is highly unlikely. Any species capable of interstellar travel must have given up violence long ago to make such an achievement. Yes, you in the back. The reporter at the back was almost impossible to hear. Our... Sending ship. We are discussing our options at the moment. However, to be clear, we don't have any manned ship capable of making that trip currently. At best, we could send an automated probe that would still take years. Next question up front here. Do we know where the ship came from? Not entirely, no. We can give a general estimate on its heading when it entered our system, and that's about it. We know it entered on a heading from within our galaxy, most likely slightly around the galactic disk from us. We are running simulations to determine the most likely point of origin. Ruby's mom stared at the screen in shock. She barely blinked. Ruby couldn't see what all the fuss was about. We'd been planning on aliens showing up for over a hundred years. And now, here they were. June 9th, 2046. Do you, Ruby, take this man to be your lawfully wedded husband and sickness and in health, or richer or poorer in sickness and health for as long as you both shall live? I do, Ruby said. 
Her smile could have lit up the chapel all on its own. The nerves from earlier in the day had evaporated when she reached the front of the church. The months of planning and dozens of sleepless nights were nothing more than a memory now, and the day had gone off without any major mishaps. Then I now pronounce you man and wife, the minister said. You may kiss the bride. Later that evening, at the reception, Ruby passed by the bar when a breaking report of the ancient television above the bar caught her eye. The Oort aliens, as they had been called for over a decade now, had still not responded, but they had begun launching smaller ships towards the inner system. The breaking report was that one of those scout ships was on an intercept course with Earth now. Scientists now estimated that the scout ship would pass closer to the moon sometime in the next year or so. The aliens wanted a closer look. Ruby unconsciously put her hand over her belly. The wedding was already planned and reservations had been made when Ruby and Mark had found out about the new addition to their family. Some quick math told them that it was unlikely she'd be showing at the wedding, but she had her dress let out just a bit in case. But now, seeing the report above the alien ship scouting Earth made her worry not just for her own life, but for the one she carried inside of her. Hi, honey, Mark said. I thought we'd lost you. They're ready for the cake cutting in, uh... What's wrong, uh... Ruby hadn't noticed the tear sliding down her cheek. It's, um... It's nothing. I saw a news report. Those aliens are going to be buzzing around Earth in a year or so with the little one I, uh... She paused to wipe away a much larger collection of tears in her eyes. Must be the hormones, she said, half laughing. Mark walked over and wrapped his arms around her. She buried her face in his shoulder and felt safe for a time. October 4th, 2057. This is one of the five largest defensive contracts in the world, the general said as he stared down at the table at Ruby. Are you telling me that you have no idea how to approach this? General, Ruby said, when the scout ship passed by Earth nine years ago, we knew next to nothing about their aliens other than they existed. We had every telescope, every satellite, every shuttle watching that scout when it passed, and we learned barely anything else. They used conventional rocketry on the scouts, though they seemed to have a higher tolerance for G-forces. They use at least some recognizable technology, like radars. We also learned that they have almost no interest in talking to us. There is no way that they could have missed. There was a knock at the heavy door and the conference room. One of Ruby's co-workers went to answer it, and Gary, one of the security personnel at Ruby's office, came in. Sorry to interrupt, General. You have an urgent phone call. You can take it in my office. Gary led the General out of the room. Ruby looked at the other members of her team. The rest of the government officials tried to continue the conversation in the General's absence, but they made little progress. Ten minutes later, the general re-entered the secured room. I'm afraid this discussion isn't an academic now, the general said. This information is currently classified, but it'll come out. The aliens have reached Jupiter. They sent some kind of ship or device down into one of the moons. Within days, a dozen new ships launched on the surface, and they tell me that the moon lost at least 30% of its mass. The aliens used the moon to churn out a new fleet. The whole damn lot of them are headed this way. Your project is now the most critical work being done to save this planet. Find a way to defeat them. April 19th, 2078. Don't understand why it has to be you, Georgia said. 
Ruby turned to her. The grey of her hair caught the morning light. She had considered dyeing it when she caught the first one, but reconsidered it when she decided she had earned every one of those grey hairs. She bounced Duncan, the newest grandchild, on her knee. No one else knows the code, Ruby said. Mom, you're not the only programmer in the world, Mark Jr. said. You've got grandkids to watch out for, and you're too old to make the trip. Ruby stuck her tongue out at Duncan, and he laughed with a whole chubby body. Yes, there are other programmers, and yes, I have grandkids, but I'm doing this for my grandkids. She looked up at Mark Jr. Ruby had decided that she would never tell him, but looking at him reminded her of losing her husband six years ago. She loved her son, but when she looked at him, she could only see her dead husband. They've taken Mars, they'll be here any day now. A fleet of 218 ships that we've never been able to communicate with. When they get to Earth, what do you think will happen? That they'll skip by us. That they'll suddenly have a change of heart. No, Mom, Dwark Jr. said. But, uh, I don't want to lose my mom, okay? You happy? I said it out loud. Don't go. Georgia said, let someone else do it. Ruby stood up with the Duncan on her lap. Believe me, I wish there was something else I could trust to go and get the job done. I got my PhD in computer science under the shadow of these things. I've studied them nearly all my adult life. It's almost certain that they're an automated system designed solely to propagate. They'll eat everything in their path and still be hungry. They can never be satisfied if they come here. If one of those devices makes it to Earth, the entire planet is doomed. It'll create a copy after copy of itself until Earth is no longer habitable. Then it'll spread out through the universe until the only things left are these damned alien machines. This isn't a task that I can trust anyone else to. May 13th, 2079 the lead ship was a simple design, blunted forward end, large engines in the back. Ruby stared out of the portal at the ship as it sailed through the depths of space. She hadn't set foot on Earth in nearly eight months. The rendezvous with an alien ship had been risky. They weren't sure how close they could get without having the ship react. Are you ready to get started? The commander Gardner had asked. Ruby tore herself away from the view. It was not every day she got to lay eyes directly on something from another world. Yes, she said. Let's see what we can do. Ruby activated the terminal. In the rear cargo hold, a dozen of the world's most powerful supercomputers spun up to help her. Expert systems initialized. Heuristic algorithms came online. Watchdog programs began their roaming. Every possible tool humanity could think of was loaded into the systems. Ruby began typing commands, trying to establish a link to the alien ship. As it had several decades, the alien ship did not respond to the connection attempts. Commander, we're gonna have to try a direct physical connection. Are you sure, Doctor? Commander Gardner asked. Yeah. As I said in the briefings, a direct connection was always the most likely path. Commander Gardner tapped the controls to nudge the human shuttle closer to the alien ship. When they were within a dozen meters, the alien ship reached out with an arm and grabbed the shuttle. The alien ship then brought the humans in close against the hull. The screens in the work module began lighting up and the watchdog alarms and an attempted intrusion. Well, it looks like you got your direct link, Commander Gardner said. A little too direct, Ruby said. She began typing. Data flashed across the screen and her eyes darted from one window to another. Doctor... 
Commander Gardner said, I don't mean to rush you, but they appear to be attempting to convert the shuttle into one of their fleet. Ruby looked up and saw the probes crawling along the front of the shuttle. One of the probes popped a panel loose and floated into space. The probe drove into the shuttle's innards. Max, Ruby called down from the server bay over the intercom. Can you and your team start? Yes, doctor, Max called out over the intercom. Start slow. No, Ruby said, watching another probe arm crawl up forward window. I think you should dump every virus we have into this system as quickly as possible. Turn them all loose. Moldu, Max said. It's a shame, Ruby said to the commander. I had hoped to be able to study them more. May 15th, 2099. It's my great pleasure to introduce Georgia Wilson, Dr. Ruby Hinton's daughter, the president said. He stepped aside from the podium and took his seat. Georgia stepped up to the podium and looked over the crowd in front of her. She was glad the rain had held off this morning. The sun was ducking in and out of the clouds, lending the whole ceremony a strange slow strobe effect. It's been twenty years since my mother launched into space. Of course, you all know how it ended. She and her team managed to stop the alien ships from consuming Earth. Her ship was lost in an explosion. Their bodies never recovered. It is a story that we have been told a thousand times. How Earth came this close to complete destruction. When they asked me to speak today with a dedication ceremony, I didn't know what I could say. There were three movies and a dozen books about her. I didn't think there was much more that I could add. But then I realized that, for all three times everyone who has heard her story, they never knew my mom. They didn't know that she hated being at the center of attention and that a giant statue would have embarrassed her to death. They didn't know that she only took her first computer science classes because she was following the cute boy. Of course, she wound up falling in love with the subject and not the boy. And nobody knew that my brother and I actually tried to talk to her out of going. We thought there were other people who could do it. We were selfish, I admit. We didn't want to lose our mother. We tried to get her to stay behind by any means. We even guilted her about missing seeing her grandkids grow up. But then she told us that she was going up there so that her grandkids could grow up. I'm nearly the same age now as she was then, and it's taken me all these years to finally see what she was talking about. I still miss my mom, though. Georgia paused to collect herself. She had practiced the speech what felt like a thousand times so that she could get through it without crying. But giving the speech for a reel made her even oldest of wounds reopen. She continued, So, I thank you all for coming out today to honor my mom, and I thank you for the memorial and the statue. I know my mom wouldn't have wanted all this fuss, but I'm sure deep down she would have appreciated knowing how much she meant to you. I'll leave you with one final thought. We had to pull together as a species to defeat aliens. My mom was the one on that ship, but she wasn't the one that built the ship or tracked the fleets or funded the mission. Maybe we should try pulling together when we're not facing imminent destruction just to see what we could accomplish. Georgia turned around and gently touched the base of the statue, thirty feet tall and staring up towards the sky. Her mom would always be there. The crowd's ovation lasted ten minutes. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. 
And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode. And I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.